Hello, this is Tony Blazer for the Motocross Vault presented by Blinzall. If you're in the market for some high-quality racing oil for your two-stroke or four, make sure you go to blinzall.com and use our discount code VAULT20 to save 20% at checkout. Thank you for all the support. Hello and welcome back to the Motocross Vault. My name is Tony Blazer and what this video is going to be is just a quick rundown of some of my thoughts on round two and round three of the 2021 AMA Supercross season. Uh, both of these rounds took place in Houston. As you're probably aware if you're watching this video, uh, this season's a little bit weird. We're going to do uh, several rounds, at least I know Houston and Indianapolis are going to have three at the same venue. And they're doing that obviously because of the uh, COVID situation going out there. A lot of these states aren't allowing any fans in the stadium at all. And uh, they've basically tried to put it in places where uh, they at least have a few in the stands. I'm not sure how many people were in attendance. Uh, obviously, I think maybe 10,000 was the limit total, which is not a lot in a stadium that probably holds 70 or 80, maybe even more than that. So it is a little strange as far as uh, the optics there where almost nobody's there. But it's good that we, at least some people got to attend. Um, the last couple of rounds, man, they have been really barn burners, exciting. Uh, last night, particularly round three, I think round three was by far my favorite of the track so far. Um, I don't know if it's just my perception of things, but it seems like the jumps look smaller to me. And again, it's on TV, not there in person. I'm sure if you're there walking the track, they look huge. But uh, for some reason in my mind, it seems like the triples and stuff are small. I see the guys like like scrubbing the hell out of the triples, where I you know, obviously they're on big, powerful four-strokes. But um, in the, at least in the old days, it seemed like a lot of times, you know, they uh, at least catch a little more air. It almost looks like there's almost not much trajectory to them. So I don't know if that's just something, my perception on television, or if there's actually, they're building the tracks a little different this year. I'm not sure. But in any case, round three, I think the track was a little better this time. Uh, it was a little unique. Having the, the first turn as a right is always a little dicey, but I don't think it really caused too many problems that I saw. Um, overall, I think the track, the lap times were about five seconds longer, which always, I think is a little bit better. Um, the racing so far this year has been, you know, really unpredictable, which I love. I love that we've had like a different ruiner at every round. Last night, Cooper Webb came through with another one of his uh, races, basically like he did two years ago. Obviously there's lappers involved, but I mean, let's be honest. Dean Wilson looks like the goat in this one. You know, he really got not, not the Ricky Carmichael goat, but the guy <laughs> basically screwed things up, but I mean, it could happen to anybody. He was locked in his own race and. Yes, it looks bad, and Kenny was very upset, which I totally understand. Uh, I don't think, certainly Dino, I saw he put an apology on Instagram. He certainly did not mean to mess anybody's race up, and it's got to be tough. I mean, I I, um, I was never a super fast guy, and I've been lapped before. You know, when I was in B class, and they'd stick us out there with the experts sometimes, uh, you know, they start coming up on you, and you're like, you're not sure exactly who you're racing with, who's not, and it can be a little tough, especially in the, when you're in the same class, and they're all, you know, at least at similar speeds, so... It's got to be a tough situation. You know, you don't have mirrors. It's not like a, a car. So in any case, bad deal for Dino, rough deal for Kenny. I mean, he still has the points lead, which is awesome. Uh, I, I'm sure he's frustrated, especially after, you know, last week at round two where he got docked for jumping on a red cross flag. Uh, that took, I think, four points away from him. So he lost a couple, another three going from first to second here, I think. Um, but in, in any case, he still has the points lead. And a good, good round for Cooper, too. I don't think, obviously, Cooper's probably going to get around him. In fact, I'm pretty positive he's probably not going to get around him on the last lap. But, you know, Cooper was having his own issues with, with lappers before that. I think he got tied up with Vince Freezy. And, you know, the lapper thing is part of the dynamics of the race. Just like saying, you know, I would have won if I had got the whole shot. Well, the start is part of the race. You know, dealing with lappers is, is tough. And uh, sometimes that works in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. I think in the long run, it all evens out. So in this case... 
great race. I mean, I'm a big fan of Cooper and Kenny, so I would have been fine no matter who won this race. I didn't really have a dog in that fight. I just wanted to see a good battle, so I was excited to see it come down to the end. I am glad to see Cooper. I mean, Kenny has been competitive. He's been up front at every, all three rounds, you know, certainly a competitive. Uh, you couldn't say that about Cooper. Cooper's been way off the pace in practice and looked pretty bad, to be honest. I think he was lucky last week to end up with a fourth. Um, not last week, last Tuesday, to end up with a fourth. So to get this win, I think, you know, I don't know if it's going to be like a momentum change kind of deal. It seems like, again, the results have been really unpredictable. I mean, next week, Malcolm Smith could win, and I wouldn't be totally shocked. It's been great as far as the parity. I mean, right now, I think there are eight guys within 10 points of the lead, which is phenomenal three rounds in. You know, a lot of times, I mean, a couple of years ago, I think uh, maybe when Jason Anderson won, he had a big lead already at this point because, you know, so many of the top contenders had had massive problems. So the fact that, you know, Eli has a terrible race, then he wins round two, then he has, you know, a so-so race this week, um, keeps everybody kind of bunched up. And the fact that there are so many good guys in there, um, it really has uh, kept things, you know, unpredictable and close and exciting. And I just hope it continues. You know, I would love to see maybe AC win next week or somebody else, you know, let's keep this kind of a string going where you can't predict who's going to win the race. You can't predict who's going to be the champion. I mean, I think anybody who says they know who's going to win this title at this point is completely out of their mind. I mean, there's so many variables. Um, I mean, a guy like Malcolm Smith, not Malcolm Smith, a guy like Malcolm Stewart, who has been uh, really consistent, really impressing me so far. All these other results are all over the place. You know, he's been like a fifth to seventh place guy, I think, at every race. And he's been showed a lot of speed. Uh, I th I would say, you know, obviously he's uh, higher in points. Even though Ferrandis got a second last week, he's been the most consistent star guy. And, he, you know, he's right in there for the title. I don't, I'm not predicting Malcolm's going to the title, but it is surprising um, how many really, really solid guys have had just all over the place results. I mean, it's been a weird, it's a weird year in general. You know, as I said last week, uh, I didn't have a lot of anticipation coming into the season. I didn't know what to expect. It was kind of off my radar. So many other distractions in my personal life at work and COVID and everything else, you know, kind of kept Supercross and Motocross kind of off the periphery to me. And uh, I think uh, while these guys are in it, I think all this uncertainty in this weird year, uh, probably is, whether it was testing or whatever, the strange compressed schedule probably has made things uh, even a little more unpredictable than, than normal. And I, I think that's going to work out in the long run as far as keeping the series tight. I think you need Zach Osborne, the guy easily could have won last week, really hasn't shown anything other than, you know, it ran up front, but his results haven't come together. He could all of a sudden catch on fire and get back in this. Uh, you know, Eli again this week was kind of off the pace. You know, it wasn't really the same guy we saw last week. It's been an interesting series. You know, I think I think going forward, um, I hope we're going to see the same kind of thing. You know, I, I don't I don't expect a guy like you know Brayton to come out and win, but you I could see Ferrandis winning next week or AC or somebody like that, and and keeping this thing tight and, and interesting. And I certainly hope that's what we get going forward. You know, I, this week we're going to Indianapolis, so it's going to be a change of venue. The dirt probably going to be a little different. Um, I imagine the results probably are still going to be unpredictable, and, and I hope we get something exciting. I, I don't want to see like a guy like Cooper, you know, rip off five in a row or something. Let's hope for you know all of our sake, uh, unless you're one of their guys, um, that we get a different guy every week. So you know, if Jason Anderson or somebody else finally catches fire, you know, maybe it even upsets the apple cart even more. So. In the 250 class, it's been a, another exciting battle. I mean, you, right now, I think you have both Colt Nichols and Christian Craig are actually sharing the number one plate going into Indy. Um, they have uh, a great battle going. I, I will say, like, last week when Colt passed Christian, I thought, you know, he said he had bike problems. I thought maybe that was maybe more of the issue that allowed him to catch him and pass him. But this week he showed that, you know, Colt's legit, man. He's, he's clearly a title contender. I mean, 
it's not like he's a kid. I think he's like 25 or 26 years old. So some of these guys have been in the class a long time. So, you know, it's not the same as saying Jet Lawrence at 17 is up front. But uh, Colt is, you know, he looks like he's legit this year. And I, I'm happy to see that. I like Colt. Um, I think he's a good rider. And him and Christian, if it goes down to the end, uh, I'll be happy either way with that. Um, I was bummed to see RJ go out. Apparently he hurt his hand. I don't know how serious it is. Same thing with Forkner. Um, you know, casing that triple and going over the bars looked like a pretty nasty wreck. I hope he didn't break his collarbone. Uh, Forkner's had a tough couple years, man. He's one of these guys that's super fast, but, you know, I don't want to say like a Robbie Rayner type. That might be a little bit much. Uh, but in general, it hasn't worked out as far as health goes, and I hope he didn't, you know, torpedo his whole Supercross season. You know, knock on wood, hopefully that didn't happen here. But that makes it even tougher for some of these guys to really get a gap now because you're going to have less, less, you know, top guys that can get in there. You can't get a Forkner in there for a win you know, RJ or something like that to mess up the points. So I imagine the two star guys are going to be pretty, you know, pretty tight going out here. Uh, yeah. Jet still very fast. Wasn't really a fan of that pass on Mosman. I thought that was maybe a bit aggressive. Uh, I mean, it is super cross, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't you know, like as egregious as some stuff I've seen in the past. It was very aggressive, uh, maybe a bit much, but uh, he, he ended up getting the third. I think it was a tough night. He had a crash of his own and luckily I don't think he was too badly hurt, but um, he was able to tough out a third and he's kept the points chase tight. You know, he's definitely a legit threat, but uh, I don't know if like a Joe Shimoda as consistent as he has been is really, you know, too much to worry about for the top guys. So really you're talking about a three horse race at this point between, you know, Jet and um, the two Yamaha guys. So I imagine this one's going to go down to the wire as well. should be a pretty exciting uh, rest of the series. I, I just hope, you know, we don't have anybody else get hurt. We've been pretty lucky in the 450s. We haven't really have that I can think of anybody major go out. Uh, so that would be great. If we can keep the guys healthy, I think it'll continue to be a great series, an exciting series. Um, I, I love love having Supercross back. I uh, love having the races to watch on uh, Saturdays. The Tuesday one is tough. I work I work long hours, and I get home, and I'm <laughs> too tired to watch what I got. I kind of got to check in the next day. But in any case, uh, it's pretty cool to have it. I, I hope they don't do it long term. The mid-race thing, again, um, I work like a you know 12-hour day through the week. So um, it makes for a long, long day. Uh, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But I know I'm sure that there are com- people who like the, the mid-race race. It's just not my cup of tea. But in any case, <laughs> let's hope we have a great rest of the year and uh, continue having good races to watch. So until we meet again, this is Tony Blazer from Motocross Vault. Keep the rubber side down. Peace.